Okay, welcome to the Bear Tiger podcast number, I think we're about 14 now. I think we're 14, yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, here we are. Welcome Mark Raven, how are hello, you? Hello, hello, yeah, good, good, you? DJ Raves. The Ravenator. And welcome JSNFT. How are we doing? Good. Nice to be in the ZS studio. So, boys, what have you been up to? How was your weekend? It was my daughter's birthday, so we did some bits. We had a piñata, which was made of almost like reinforced concrete. It took about 15 minutes for the kids to get through it, of which there was only four, and two of them were like five years old. But that was uh, that was pretty good. She was eight, so starting to feel very young. So the house is still standing? Just about, yeah. It's a lot of muddy uh, entrances and things like that. So, uh, Oh, was it, was it yesterday or Saturday? Uh, yesterday. Oh, so she wet. Had a, she had a little gathering for like an hour and a half sort yeah. of thing, yeah. And there was complete carnage, I imagine. I just hid in the lounge and then just flicked between the Formula One and the golf. And the golf. What are you watching your boy? Well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Ivy. Uh, Raves, how's your weekend been? A uh, bit of work. Uh, and then we had some friends over yesterday. Sounds like a similar situation to James. They've got a couple of kids and it was uh, it was good fun. It was good fun. Were we allowed to watch any of the golf or was it the t- TV firmly off? Well, the t- <laughs> we had Max over. Yeah. So basically the Formula One was on the whole time. And um, there was a bit of golf flicking in between the two. So, yeah. What happened in the Formula One? Uh, it was wet in Singapore. Uh, uh, yeah, wet in Singapore. A lot of safety, what, three or four safety cars. Four safeties in the end, yeah. And, you know, like Sergio Perez wins. Sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone that's got it on record. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, you never really saw anything of Sergio. So you just see Max and Lewis, Max and Lewis. And it's really tough it, as well with Singapore, like wet tracks. Is, really, it, is it, it the night one? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's an, when I lived there, I remember them setting up for it. It just... It's, what what's an F one? It looks that nuts, is just yeah. racing around the island, yeah. Buzzing about like and a Marina Bay, right? Yeah, like yeah. a um, like a scene from Fast and the Furious on, <laughs> on Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The logistics uh, setting up a, a, a city street course like that must be or track, sorry, rather than course, it must be incredible. Yeah, yeah, no, it's nuts. And I mean, quite often than not, you around this time of year you do get rain at the Singapore Grand Prix, and traditionally as a street course, it's like quite hard to pass. So, but like Max went back didn't he then he came yeah. through the, then he came through the field then he got then he had some more car issues and yeah, yeah. that was really the race wasn't it the interesting stuff was happening there but you know he's around eighth ninth you know chopping about around there whereas the top end stuff never really got any coverage because yeah. you know as it often is the case it's it's all a bit dull up the top end it's been a bit of a funny season so anyway well, a place where it wasn't dull at the top end was the uh, the dp world event this week um ryan fox the eventual winner I mean, he's, he's been a joke this year, isn't he? What he's a player, player he is. What a player he is. And then big hitting, Callum Shinkin snuck up there and then Alex Norton and Rory McIlroy was right in the mix. And it just looked like, let's chat about Rory just first. Like It just looked like he got St Andrews again. He, I don't know if you went, I know James was watching it. He missed the part on 14, didn't he? There was bits when before that we should chat, but he missed the part on 14. And he just, you know, on the footage, he was like, it's fucking hole. <laughs> And you could just tell, like, you could just tell it was just like, it was the same thing at the Open. If he'd have birded that, it would have changed everything. And it would have, if he'd have birded the 14th yesterday, because he knows that's a birdie chance coming in, driving an iron yesterday, it would have just changed the complexion. But yeah, he looked very, very dejected not to win, which I think is actually a really good thing. Oh, massively. Now, I, think um, he's, um... I think you see some players, they, they like, they finish second or third. Yeah, I've had a good week, but you could just see... He is literally only interested in winning. He yeah. was just so unhappy not to win, which and I see that as a I see that as a complete positive now. Well, I think he's 
He's spending more time with Tiger, obviously with this allegiance that the two of them are sitting at the top of the PGA Tour. And like there is these Tigerisms that are coming into him now. I think his demeanour just looks... Tigerisms. No, but they are. I think he's like, he looks like he's like just... talking like him, hazelnut lattes yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a hat back to front, you know, with the old big cargo pants on. Started doing military training in Ireland. But like, he just like he just looks an inch taller, you know, he's like, he's, you know, his ambiance and all the people around him just look bigger. Like he is, I mean, like he did... Um, he did. I'm not sure who it was. Walking, Tim Barter walking the fairways, and he was doing sort of like in round action. Tim was like, "I'm so grateful, Rory, for you to come on." And he goes, "Absolutely no worries, Tim." And he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm going to do this, 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 and this." Obviously, Richard's got to do his own thing, but I'm going to go and win. And I just think he's as a showpiece as well. He's he's really interactive with all the media, and on the other side of it, his game just looks filth. Like the the drive on twelve is one of the best shots I've seen on tour this year. Like across all the tours, it was just mental how he's threaded it up there and and he's it feels like he's getting longer and longer as well it's just nuts yeah he is definitely um he's right on form at the moment isn't he like you know, and he's been that way for a little while but he didn't win no and uh ryan fox won it i mean that like, he, he's a serious player he's a serious player and he and, you know and maybe a little bit spurred on by the fact that he didn't get in that president's cup team which just seems madness that yeah. he didn't play we all know that if he was on the pga tour he definitely would have been picked. And, you know, I think as it turns out, he's, they were missed. He's up to number 25 in the world now, um, which is impressive. And nice little moment afterwards when he was kind of doing his interview saying that um, that the win was kind of for Shane Warne. You know, Shane Warne was a big miss mm. at this uh, Dunhill. As everybody that seemed to ever meet him just said the same thing about him. And, um, and you know, chatting to a few people that are up there playing, they did say, you know, it did feel, it did feel very, very different without him but yeah he did he really bossed it on the way in did Ryan Fox I just you know the putt on 16 really put the nail in the coffin he was the furthest away out of his group and he got it done but yeah he looked it just he got to a good start and no one could get anywhere near him I think he probably put the pressure on Richard Mansell mm. early I think the type of game he probably had because Richard Mansell was such a long player he could probably normally play with people and and feel very much like the alpha in the group but in that situation he definitely would have been. And I know that one person who would have been very upset, Richard Mansell not winning. James, how, how are you feeling this morning about that? <laughs> well, no, I was saying to Mark off air beforehand, it would have been my 14 episodes in, that would have been my third call on a winner this season. I would have, you know, I had to open up my own bookmakers or something. But um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think we spoke a little bit about when Danny was in contention on the on the last pod and you talk about people who have obviously won in the past and you know it, the reaction now will determine probably a lot of what goes on in his career he's he's had you know a, a barrage of top 3s and top 10s this year and he's got he's starting to get himself in contention all the time but holding a lead like that at an, at an institute like that like the old lady and having you know a pretty star-studded leaderboard around you you know Noran Fox McElroy these people are no mugs they've won lots of events it's it's gonna. You know, it's just a test of time, isn't it? So, um, it's. It was. I actually looked at it as Ed a little bit like, um, like Rory's round in the Open. You, you you do really need to see a birdie in the first six holes at St Andrews. It wasn't coming, and then I felt like his backswing was getting slower and slower and slower, and he's starting to have that left shot. Yeah, and he just you know just but just ground it out and still made a good check, and you know he's probably definitely going to go to Dubai now. And I don't know, you know, it's just a. It feels like a win's coming for him, though. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, exactly. As you said, he's going to, he's moving towards being in that DP World Championship if he's not already done. And, you know, for a man that didn't start with full status this year, that's pretty exceptional to kind of be in the, in the conversation every week. And if, if he, at the beginning of the year, someone said, you're going to be going to the Race to Dubai final DP World Championship. 
And by by Dunhill, people are going to be starting to get slightly perplexed how you've not won yet. I mean, no, I think he would have probably would have taken that. Yeah. But yeah, he can. Yeah, he's definitely trending really well. There was a moment on number eleven where he got plugged in the bunker, and then played it back, played smart, played back down the fairway and pitched and putted. Yeah, I mean that I thought that was a good moment, a kind of good, good level of his confidence in his game, but also the, you know in strategy and so forth. Because the commentators were going, "Oh, what's he doing? He should be trying to." You know, I think uh, Radar was saying, oh, "He can pop this out in the green." You know, he's going to be going fifty yards back down the hole, all this sort of stuff, but. He knew what he was doing, pitched it up close. I know he works with Alex Buckner on his short game. So obviously the work that he put on that, he decided to lean on that and it, and it paid off. There's a lot of good things coming together for Richard Mansell. And you kind of think, he's, you know, is he a person for the Ryder Cup next year? You know, he's in that, you know, he's, he's, he's a new player coming through because, you know, we're not blessed with like a natural Ryder Cup team. Mm. at the moment which um, I quite like actually like, yeah it's really open yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a on Sky on Thursday and Friday we had to do like our, our own teams mm. and I had, went down the list and I was thinking the first I think it's like the first five or six names picked themselves like Rory, Ram, Hatton Lowry um, uh, Lowry yeah Fleetwood. and then and then um, uh, see, no, I didn't put Fleetwood in my team really? yeah I didn't put Fleetwood in my team I just didn't think he was a natural pick but then after that like it was like, oh God, like, oh, we're really struggling here. You had to go outside the top hundred really to, to finish it off, which is, which is not great. Who would be your... Adrian Moronk would be my one to oh, watch. Yeah, you, you like him, didn't you? And, and again, he's had another good week this week. He just really, when he's got like a B or That's C a good game, shout, that. he properly accumulates points. Like, I mean, in, in an event, like he's finished tied 14th or 15th again this week, not been on telly once, you know, just keeps accumulating um, points and points and points. Obviously won this year. And I spoke, I spoke about him at the start when Zed and I started the podcast and I said, I think this guy is going to do something pretty big pretty soon. And I'm really sticking by it. It looks like he's got everything in his game as well. Rips it, like properly yeah. sends it. The first six that picked themselves are McElroy, Fitzpatrick, Hovland, Lowry, Hatton and Rahm. Yeah. And they're, they're, you, you basically go down the world ranking and they're, they're your six. But after that, it I was... I thought Norrin looked oh, really impressive yesterday. Uh, <sighs> I, thought, I, thought, I, I thought his swing... How many, how many wins do you reckon Norrin's had? In what in his career? In, on, yeah, in Europe, seven, six, seven. Mark, how many do you reckon? I, w- I would probably have said around that yeah. as well. Yeah, ten wins. Wow. Yeah, really? I, I didn't realise that. He came up in the coverage. It's like wow, ten wins he's had. I heard someone say yesterday though, because I didn't think there was many outside of it, but he won four in eleven starts or something. Yeah, he, he, when he came back from injury, he had a real hot. Yeah, run, really, really got the top 10 in the world. Oh, he's working with Belsh, wasn't he? I remember he won the yeah. Scottish mm-hmm. and then he... I'm trying to think what else he won. I know, he, I remember he had that period where he got into the... Did he break the top 10 in the world? Yeah, get right he on the brink of ninth, it? didn't he? Yeah. 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 Do, do you know, obviously, I spent a little bit of time with Alex when he was up at the Wisley and when he was a real... I mean, he used to hit serious, serious amounts of balls. Mm-hmm. Like, he would, he'd be a 6am to 7pm guy at the golf course. Then he had his operation, didn't he, on his on his wrists or yeah. his hands? Or uh, does he still have the same level of? Does he still work as hard, or has he had to tone he it does, down? Yeah, because he moved to when he went to Mac and Belsh. Yeah, Mac Grady, Matt Belsham. He they started to work on his swing, and, and he went down this whole uh, whole run of like taking those massive divots. Yeah, the big like I remember <laughs> chatting to him, bags. and he was saying that. He was trying to make his divot as long as possible and as far left as possible. Yeah. Uh, and he had, you know, made, made those massive trenches. Wesley Green kids yeah, loved him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just trying to <laughs> dig for Australia. But part of that was to help the the, the angle, the right wrist angle f- through impact where it could be stable enough where it wouldn't hurt him because he was, it was actually from the release up and to the right, which was like giving him all the wrist issues. Right. 
So it was weird because you would think someone had a wrist issue, didn't want to hit the ground so hard, but it was actually training on hitting the ground hard down and left mm-hmm. to keep it in a position where it was it, it was in its strongest position, not in its weakest position, because there's no there's no actual muscles in the wrist, is it? It's just tendons. So um, yeah, it was kind of off the back of that, and yeah, he made himself into an amazing player. Then he went to America. Well, actually, he moved and he moved to I think he moved to like Monaco or somewhere like that, and it was obviously far away from a golf course, moved away from Wisley, probably away from a lot of players to train and practice. Yeah. And kind of dipped off a touch, and then he then went over to the PGA Tour, and he's done okay in the PGA Tour, but he's not really hit the heights that we thought he was going to hit. And like quite a few players, you do you see that, don't you? You kind of like Ross Fisher was one went to the PGA Tour, didn't really get on with it very well. Feels like Tommy Fleetwood, since he's played more PGA Tour, has not quite been. You know, he's still finding where he wants to be. And he's just recently moved to Dubai, but these are all the little bits of professional golf that we don't see mm. that make the difference. You just think, oh, that guy should. He's leveled up. He should just play great. But then, you know, it's, it's a big lifestyle change for the Francesco Europeans. Francesco as well guys, really yeah. struggled. It's a big lifestyle a couple change. A couple of different places in America and it hasn't worked out, it seems. Um, it's everything though, isn't it? Different grass, like, you know, the grain's so different. I think just the, I think the, li- the, yes, lifestyle. the lifestyle. Yeah, the yeah. food the foods and things different. like that's different, you know, yeah. like it's, you know, the golfers, a lot of them have families and things like that as well. So you're like trying to bed them into local areas. And if not, you're like dealing with time zones coming back and forth. It's really interesting talking to Danny about it, you know, it's like um you're sort of saying he's like he's like five years into it sort of thing and he's Danny Willett, yeah. for anyone who's listening. Yeah. And he's he feels like he's getting closer to being able to um to find the right kind, you know, have have all the glasses at the same level sort of thing. But it's it's a really time consuming thing, you know. So yeah, it's just, it's an interesting Actually, one. Uh, Danny Willett was in my Ryder Cup. I saw that uh, team as well. I saw that. I just feel like He's part of the Bear Tiger now, so that's going to be the main turning point. And no, at, and at any given point, you can always make holes in ones on par fours. You know, like yeah, exactly, there is that. exactly. Um, I mean, that's quite a good score to have in foursome. Exactly, I mean, yeah. You don't yeah. worry, I've got this one. Yeah. He keeps calling us, trying to get back in with us, but we got, we haven't really got time for him at the moment. It seems that when he was with us, he played really well just afterwards. <laughs> he's just like a really, obviously, top player mm. who's kind of in waiting again. Like he's kind of he kind of dipped off a touch. But he knows how to win big tournaments. I know he had a bit of a slip recently, but it's quite clear that his game's on the way back. And all the chat, he just seems quite a lot more settled. Mm. So, yeah. Kind of, and, then, and we know what? We, I think we need someone in that Ryder Cup who's got a bit of big-time experience. Like, we've not... like Outside those first six names, we're really struggling to get people who are, like, even playing the Ryder Cup before. We've also then got to start assessing players about what... You know, if you pair him with a bomber... You know, and he's got such a phenomenal short game. You've all of a sudden got quite a good team there. And, you know, you've got to start thinking, people have got to start thinking about accumulating points as well, haven't they? Mm. You know, he's a great putter. He's got a, he's amazing from 100 yards and in. You know, so if you put him with someone, like if you're going to give him someone raw like a Moronk, who's like a 185 ball speed, and just say, just just get just, it out just there. Just hit it 325 <laughs> yeah. straight, yeah? Just get it out <laughs> there and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll try and give us a chance. But, you know... You're coming back to your point, Zed, as well about it. I've been quite impressed with Fitzpatrick's brother since he's turned pro. Um, I mean, there's some, you've got some pretty big shoes to fill, but the family have all already done like a really good job with it and like look like, you know, they've made it quite a, this immersive thing where they've got the parents at all the events now and, and Alex and Matt are there and, you know, they, they, they're supporting each other. There's sort of some inter-family banter and stuff like that, but he's done quite well. He's played for, made free cuts and, seems to just be accumulating some cash as well and maybe is he like one like really left field to look out for yeah I mean he's definitely up and comer and then the last ones with the um, Hogard yeah they're, oh, yeah, they're impressive any good those two by the way yeah any good 
So, all right, that's the, so yeah, Ryan Fox is the eventual winner. That was uh, very impressive. I think a lot more to come from him. And now he's bumped right up. And then let's talk about, so we go LPGA or should we go PGA Tour? Let's go LPGA. Yeah, LPGA. LPGA. So, Charlie, Charlie Hull, the legend. I mean, you must know Charlie a little bit from your days, like, you know, yeah, yeah. It, caddying and when she first sort of broke on LPGA, onto the uh, Ladies European Tour and early PGA Tour stuff, yeah, I I knew Charlie reasonably well. I've not spoken to or had any interaction more recently. But yeah, I mean, it's unsurprising to me, like just seeing, uh, I was speaking to James again before this uh, started and her ball striking, it's just, it was incredible yesterday, but it's no different from when she started. I mean, she was, she was just different. She is, she is different. So it's great to see her get it across the line because it's, what, six years since her last win? Mm. I mean, she's a, she's a stone-cold killer. Like, that's all she's thinking it's about mad, is winning. It's six years that she's, like, like she's only 26. Like, that six years just seems to have gone so quickly. Yeah. In, in that time, you just think she's been such a good player for such a long time. Like, how has she not won more during that period? Yeah. Like, as, as you said, as good as she is, like... Yeah, because she's, she's got the full ticket. Like, the, she's got everything she had you know, when she was breaking onto the scene, like it was incredible. Again, though, it's the off course stuff, isn't it? I think she's been through a marriage and a divorce within that time frame. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of moving around a little bit and... Now, you know what I think you know. probably holds her back is the is the transatlantic travel yeah. that she does. Like she hasn't moved, she hasn't taken the, the view of moving to the States and going back and forth. That's got to take its toll on you. But then the other side of it is if she went there, would she be really unhappy? Yeah. Because she likes being at home, doesn't she? It she, seems like around her family and her yeah. mates... If she went there, she'd be on her own. We heard uh, Kiradek talk about it recently and uh, someone was mentioned about Lucas Bjergaard saying the same sort of thing. He's like, just don't know anybody out here. You know, it's boring in between tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she loves home. Right, and Dave, her dad's the absolute key to the whole jigsaw puzzle for her. Like she, uh, yeah, from again, from what I remember, I haven't spoken to her more recently, but yeah, Kettering, I think is where she's still at. That's home for her. And she just has... A unique group of friends that she's I think stuck with the whole way through she's got a very active she was very socially active outside of golf so she has a completely um she can walk away from a golf tournament and she's got something else she she sees I, I follow her a, a little bit her journey and she seems to be still very keen on the stuff she was then so she's got a lot of outside influences away from golf where they keep her busy so yeah. I should imagine coming home is a big draw for her like yeah. she must love it still just to like completely get kind of get away from it and I guess she, you know she still works for Matt Belsham yeah who's you know up in North London as well so she can come home and see her coach in her interview afterwards she was talking about she was good, it was a good interview actually she was saying that she, her game's been pretty good for a while but she's not been very confident. And there was a couple of things she wanted to get done and she'd, she sat down with her coach and it was interesting the what she said or, or the way she said it. She said, I told him what I wanted to work on and what I needed to improve and we went and worked on that and it's got better and she, she didn't say it paid off but now it's paid off and she says, now I feel really confident. And I thought actually, she's saying like now she feels really confident but I think it takes a lot of confidence to go to a coach and say, this is what I want to do and not just turn up to a lesson or turn up to a session being like, what do I do next? Because, you know, because her coach, Matt Belsham, is a very well-revered and respected coach. And he's, you know, he worked with Alex Noren, who we were just chatting about there, and, and, and uh, multiple Ryder Cup players and so forth, and knows what he's doing. And she's kind of taken the mantle and gone, right, this is what I need to do. Um, a lot, lot of respect for that. And then he's obviously paid her back yeah. super quick. And, and she says she's confident, which, I mean, she plays in a confident manner. And I just think watching Charlie Hull play golf is just, yeah. bloody brilliant because 
She has the chat with her caddy. Uh, what's her caddy's name? It's, um, it's Adam. You can hear all the chat going with her caddy, Adam. They get really clear and this is what you're going to do. She takes in the information and then when you think she's about to have a practice swing, she just rips it. Like she's just done. She plays so quickly. And then uh, what, like, she's hitting shots and as it, as it goes off, you know, she kind of holds her follow through. Then she kind of like drops the club. She stands there as if like, as if she's a spectator watching the ball land. Obviously, because she hits it really, like, super high, doesn't she? And um, yeah, she played some brilliant shots down the stretch yesterday. Yeah. And I just thought, is this the time when we see her go on a bit of a rampage for like three or four years that we've all been waiting for, uh, where she just bounds up that world rankings? It seems like, you know, it's now her time. And it's super competitive, the top end of that lady's game, just to even be able to, you know, hold on to it, which I think she and Georgia have done very well, you know, with the Americans and the, and you know, the dominance of the girls from Asia. And I think, yeah, now, now she's broken the camel's back with her win. She, she definitely looks like someone who plays high on confidence and she's in, in a really positive way. She's quite positively fidgety as well. I can imagine like now she'll be like a hundred mile an hour around tour events. Just like get them away, get them away. Bang, bang, bang. Just rips it. She looks, I mean, she rips it as well for a girl. She? She's like long, long for a girl. Mate, she's, she's a ball striker. Yeah. Like pro- has been yeah. from the word go from the minute I met her anyway. Obviously she was a ball striker before that, but yeah, she's, she's there. Has she ever been uh world number one? No, no. no. I mean, no. she's, uh, that's got to be uh, on the cards for her. For it's sure. on the radar, like, isn't it? Hundred percent. Like she has got it. She's got everything, and she. I feel like she's the type of person. If she could get to that point, she could hold that, mm. and she could really do some damage to the ladies' game. It's what? funny you mentioned that about Matt because he used to talk about Charlie a bit when he coached me, which you didn't mention me as one of the players, which is... An, I'm, you know. I'm really surprised that you didn't get to the top of the women's game. Um. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened. And a couple of club championships, you know, that's just all right for me, you know, own, own your market. <laughs> Did he teach you that big loopy draw? No, I think he probably, <laughs> he probably neutralised it a bit. But um, he used to say that there was two very consistent things between... Charlie and Ollie, you know, that he used to work with him, Ollie Fisher. Ollie Fisher and right. and they, they more often than not, he said, two of the most talented people that he's ever laid his eyes on in the in, in, in the in the time of coaching. But one of the things he had to refine down is they just had to really understand where the ball was going to start and where it's going to finish. And more often than not, they came about a bit of a plan. So it's really interesting that she mentioned that in her interview after winning again. She's like, I've got to the point of my coach now where like I turn up, we've got an hour to work on this thing and we're going to get it done, you know. So yeah, be now that they've cleared through that threshold and they see a very clear future, it'd be really exciting to see what Charlie goes and achieves. You know, she's always held her own, to be fair, in the Solheim Cup. You know, when Europe have not been as strong, she's always won her games. that first one she played? I can't remember which. I don't know if it was on the first tee, but it was during the match in the singles when she played against, I think it was Paula Creamer. And she went and got, she went and got, her, um, she went and got her signature. Got an autograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I team. do remember that. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> How good is that? Yeah, Mark yeah. had it. That's that is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Mark had a few in his boot. So Yeah. Well we used to be at IMG with, with Paul DeCrema, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, way back when. Way yeah. back when. Another shout out to Garrett Davis there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get a lot of airtime this he podcast. He's a lot of airtime, yeah. Maybe we get him on one day. Definitely. Well the that's guy, if we can get him over to the UK. Yeah, the guy we used to stay with at the IMG Academy down in Florida. He was quite the character. Oh yeah, you've spoke about this guy. He's a wrong bloke, wasn't he? No, no, he was. He was right. Really, he? yeah, really good nice, guy. Like, really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, really a, nice a guy. lot of fun. I oh, know. Yeah, great character. Like it's just the yeah. I would just. I, he would I, be incredible on a podcast, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he would be. The brilliant. story and just yeah. I just still, I still to this day tell people how like the first day I went there and you were already a kind of like living. 
you know, you were living in, in the apartment with Garrett and, and you kind of arranged it that I could come and stay for a couple of weeks. Uh, and we went to the driving range down at the RMG Academy and we're hitting balls. And then him and there was another lad called Tarek, who were both like 17 years old, yeah. uh, who lived like, right, lived in the next apartment to each other, were going to give us a lift back. And you jumped in with Garrett and I jumped in with Tarek. And we were just walking across the car park and Garrett goes and gets, a 17-year-old goes and gets his brand new BMW M3. <laughs> and then... This lad Tarek was like, yeah, just chuck your clubs on the back, and it was uh, it was like an SL Mercedes SL six hundred with a roof down. And I said to him, "Is this your dad's or something?" And he looked at me like, "No, it's mine." I was like, "What is this place? Two seventeen year old driving M threes and SLs? Like, it was just just yeah, uh, it, very. It was str- rarefied air up there, wasn't it? it, it for re- sure, very yeah, much yeah. so, very much so. Good times. Anyway, moving on. So the PGA Tour. Did you guys watch it? The Sanderson Farms Championship. Yeah, I saw bits and bobs of it. It's um, it's always a good event, the Sanderson, isn't it? It's, I like the golf course. It's like you know, it's, just a, it's a nice layout and it's really American, isn't it? Like yeah. really Bermudary grass and just like well, a firm green, winding and, fairways. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's just uh, it like, always reminds me of like an old like a PlayStation golf course. Do you know what I mean? Like when you so, get the PGA <laughs> Tour on the uh, PlayStation or whatever, it's just like a really get it's a really traditional kind of American looking golf course like that. So and and um. Yeah, just uh, an- another really good week, you know. I mean, it was just it was fun at the top, wasn't it? Another Bear Tiger friend, Dean Burmester, who got his card last year, and he's getting straight out the gates as well, securing a good amount of points, and uh, resulted in a good finish. And it, fin- it was a play. I-, I fell asleep like on the s- on-, on the seventeenth green, but <laughs> it ended- for PJ Tour. But it was a- it was a playoff, wasn't it? It was, it was a playoff yeah. between yeah. Uh, Matt Hughes and Sepp Striker. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I did actually turn it off towards the end. I did really enjoy watching Dean kind of bound through the field a little bit. And then when it, beca- and I watched him, uh, basically watched him to the 18th. Then that was enough for me after that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said that, well, Matt Hughes was the eventual winner. Uh, Canadian player, very, very good. Works with Scott Cox. If anyone's interested, Scott Cox is quite an interesting follow on his social media. Um, he beat the Austrian Sepp Striker, who won last year, won at the Honda, which was, I'm not going to say controversial, but Shane Larry for me, should have won that and was one of the most unluckiest scenes you'll ever see in the golf course when he was leading a week, got to the last, and he was the last group. And when he was on the last tee, the heavens opened and the par five went from a reachable par five to not being able to reach it, playing it in the pissing down rain and straight into the wind. So, but not saying he stumbled across the line, he might have won anyway, but, you know, kind of backed his way into it. I thought, yes, he was going to get it done, Sepp Striker. He played really, really well, but Mac Hughes was the eventual winner. But the real story for us, uh, the Bear Tiger, was definitely our mate Dean Burmester. First of all, he's a lovely guy. Second of all, he's absolutely an elite ball striker. Oh, flusher. He just, yeah, he's absolutely rips it. And I'm actually amazed he's not won more than he has uh, on the DP World Tour. He finished 15 under par yesterday. He shot five under in the last round. One of the best scores of the top 10. And yeah, just played some brilliant golf down the stretch. There is one of the parts which I really liked about this course was that it had a, a drivable par four on the back nine, which I always think is pretty cool to have in a, in a golf tournament. And he, he, the whole before he made a par on a par five, which he could quite easily make birdie. And then he just ripped this little, little driver in there to like 15, 20 feet on the 15th. Didn't make the part, left it short, which was annoying. But yeah, he's some player. I don't know if we've said it before on the pod, but I went to, went to Lot Loman this year because we managed my mate and manager, uh, Ali Miller, Hype Sports, also manages Dean uh, and Justin Walters, Stacey Bregman, a few, quite a few players. And um, it was his stag do. And the 14th at Lot Loman is a drivable par four. 
and we were not on the backpack tee, we were on the one-up tee, so it was like a little fadey driver up over the tree onto the onto the green, yet lovely, knocked it on there. And Dean was behind, and he hit the shot into about 10 feet. Wow, that's a good shot. And then we came in afterwards, and I was thinking, well, Dean's quite long. I was like, what do you hit into the 14th, Dean? Thinking he was going to say, like, oh, just hit like three-wood or five-wood or something like that. And he was like, four-on. I was like, is this some sort of piss take? I've hit a driver and the skeezer's hit a four iron. It was just, he's so impressive. He just, and, he, and he's quite, quite an orthodox swing now. Mm. Used to be a bit, a bit more rolly through impact, but now he's moved it so well. He's, his coach, uh, Grant Feenstra, who's a lad that I grew up with, is a coach quite a few of the Saffers and um, he's done a great job with Dean. And I wonder whether this is really going to suit Dean being the PGA Tour. Yeah, it, it seems to. I mean, he, he he rolls the ball really lovely as well with the putter. He's got he's got nice hands with a short game, but like it's... one. his hands out. Yeah. Lovely soft hands. Yeah, yeah lovely hands. <laughs> you know when you shake someone's hand, you just hold on to it for like four minutes. Like, no. You know. <laughs> if it, yeah, um, go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which hand agent do you use? And, uh, yeah, and obviously it's a... Um, it's a really tight cut, but you know, you saw on the numbers already, he's in the top 10 on driving distance straight away. You know, he's been on the PGA tour for a month, you know, so mm. he's always long on every other tour that he's played, but a lot of his game, doesn't it? looks very suited to, uh, to, to being quite a, a force on this tour. And now he's, he's probably half, he's, I think he's got 182 points already. So. And is he, you know, possibly, I mean, this is probably a question for Ali. Like, you know, he's, he's never been, whenever I've chatted to him, he's kind of resisted the urge to go to, to go to the live tour because he was kind of just getting a few PGA tour starts last year on invites and so forth. And he's really stuck at it and he's gone, that's the route I'm going to take. And that, you know, really, really pleased for him. That's paid off for him. He's gone to the corn ferry, got through there. You know, it could have been quite easy to, to get swayed and, and say, oh, I, might, I might go sneak across to the live and just pick up the money. And he's definitely, um, he's definitely not taken that route there. But yeah, that's, that has been really good to, um, to have him go ahead and do that. It's been brilliant. I think he's really going to press on, Dean. It'd be interesting to know what he does uh, location-wise because he's got a house around the corner from here down in Banstead. So, you know, will he come a cropper to the, the Charlie Hull effect of taking a bit a bit longer to get his, you know, get in, in the mode for that? Kind of Justin Walters, who's another South African player, he actually has his house in, in North Carolina but plays in Europe, so which is, you know, not many people kind of have that. But, yeah, I mean... Well, when uh, we played with Valley and Dean, and oh, that's right, you played at Wentworth with him, didn't you? Yeah, and we were talking about um, what it looked like, and and there wasn't really much of an interest from him to go to live. He had a very clear picture that the the year before that, I think twenty twenty, had a a really 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 strong year, one on the European tour, and got into just about all the majors, didn't he? That year, and very very sort of not sneakily, but wasn't very much talked about, but actually had a really strong finish in in a lot of the majors and secured his status in the top fifty in the world, and then and now going through Corn Ferry finals and uh, having a top four on the PGA tour, you know, three events in, he's fifty eight in the world again now. So he's thinking probably, hang on a second, I, if I just if I finish the calendar year quite well, I get back into the top fifty in the world. I'm in great shape for all the majors next year. Yeah, and they're obviously at courses that he, um, he's well, he's, he played well at the Masters. He played, he played well in the US. Like so, yeah. Good luck to him. One thing I was just going to bring back to uh, Zed when we we're talking about Ryder Cups is 
He's, he's not eligible for, for the Ryder Cup. No, but is Sepp Straka the next John Rahm? Because we never, John Rahm came out the come out the gates because he was obviously a collegiate, and then I generally didn't even know he was Spanish until I saw a flag next to his name. He sounds American, looks American, went to college there. Sepp Straka, you just said was Austrian. I I didn't know that, but so he would qualify as a European player. Then are we are we looking at a potential European player? He's been good for two years, Sepp Straka. He's got in the got in contention a lot. You know, on yeah, the PGA he's, Tour. He's a winner on the PGA Tour. Sophie Walker actually she had. Sepp Stryker in her team that she um, put out last Thursday which was a bit annoying because I hadn't really thought about him and Josh Hampton and I were like oh, Sepp Stryker what are you talking about and then he started to play really well and she's like oh, I told you so and I was thinking freaking hell come on it's a year out but yeah that was yeah you know definitely a player also you know a PJ Tour player which I know the next Ryder Cup is in Italy but I think competing against guys on the PJ Tour there's not that not that the Europeans are ever intimidated but there's a more definitely comfortableness there and they'll know what the players are like yeah. and, and there's not that part to have to kind of overcome. Definitely a, a, a question for it. Although after he won last year, he did go on a terrible run and was all over the shop and then somehow kind of turned up at, I think at Eastlake and played pretty well right down the end. But until that point, he wasn't, he was at Eastlake or in, certainly in the playoffs, but he had come off a pretty lean run where he hit the ball kind of all over the place for a few months uh, following his win I was thinking oh maybe was this a bit of a flash in the pan but he's bounced back and he's obviously not apparently he's really aggressive uh, with his strategy which maybe has something to do with it that does kind of play into that what about you boys would you say you're aggressive players or, or conservative players uh, I I was far more conservative because I didn't necessarily have the length to be aggressive I, strategy you're straight would, don't you exactly so when we do, I, I would when we did our, our scrambles Mark just gets his yeah. tandem aids M1 or M2 M2 M2, yeah. old M2 out and just pings it down the middle every single frozen, time little frozen rope <laughs> yeah. frozen rope doesn't rose. even practice just hits it straight so yeah I mean I would uh, I would have I would set up my strategy and this is kind of what I do now for uh, my clients is I have a conservative strategy but then I play aggressively to that because I think I've taken a lot of the the big numbers out of the equation by by getting the strategy right, and then I'll be full tilt on what I've decided to do. But it won't be like a reckless sort of. Well, I'll you know it's a fifty fifty here. Fuck it, I'll give it a go. Yeah, I'll be, I would be far more considered. Um, so because you're you're kind of a you're a caddy, but bit of a performance coach type of caddy, yeah. and you have you know have some certain clients. Is that your kind of bit of your remit for most players? Yeah, I yeah I take an overview of everything they do with their game, but also a little bit outside of the game. Try and get a, a hold on their personality and how they like to do things, whether it be in business or personal life, like other sports, let's say, and try and cater more towards that thinking and, and, and sort of push them in the direction. Either, like I say, if they're super aggressive to say, well, maybe, you know, you can still play really aggressively, but just, you know, focus a little more on the, the sort of the higher, the better percentage strategy uh, that tends to work as uh, uh, for a lot of the sort of the better players. Cause well, we know Phil feels super aggressive yeah. and, and I have a hard time <laughs> in trying to rein him in, get the right club in his hands. It, it, whenever I play with him, he loves getting driver out. Exactly. Yeah. And we've, I've, it's taken years to get the <laughs> right club in his hands, but you know, when you do do it, the, the score, the scoring improves greatly and, and they do, they do get it. They'd like, okay. Cause I'm not saying, look, Phil, if I put a four iron in your hands first, 
versus a driver, you can still rip the arse out of this mm. full run, yeah. you know, and everyone will still be super impressed with the ball striking in it, but you'll just have a second shot and you'll get to do it again <laughs> with a wedge or a, rather than, you know, we're looking for the ball and, yeah. and we walk the rest of the hole. So yeah, it's a big part of what I do is trying to, it's not trying to take the fun out of people's game because, you know, being aggressive is, is fun. But it's a big part of what I do is just trying to get them to to have the right club in their hand at every given moment. And um, it's quite tricky, isn't it, across a round of golf? Because you may come up, maybe you go bogey bogey on a couple of holes, and then you want to get that back straight yeah. away so that you can get a bit emotional in that time. But Definitely. being able to like just at that point go, maybe this is a five off the tee. Yeah, yeah. Pa- patience is everything. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know the the better player, actually, some of the tall the the tall players that I've worked with, you know, they're better at being patient but also they're 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 very they're very ready to go impatient very quickly so over a four-day period it's the guy for me the guys that I've worked with that get on board with the patience and the strategy and then know you know when they when they get into the flow of things and then suddenly they make a couple couple of birdies then things do change they the comfort in their strategy that we've selected then that you can see their confidence rises after a couple they become more aggressive within their strategy and it starts to work and then once that happens people are on board and then you get the momentum and it, it just all oh, it turns around very quickly mm. but you've just you've just got to get on board with it and and wait for it to show itself as yes this is this is what we should be doing this is this is a good long-term strategy for our game week in week out yeah and and you probably need to a certain extent a lot of people most of us need someone like yourself to have that overview at that time so now now actually do this because that's a real it's a real hard thing on your own to yeah make a lot of those calls 100 percent. like i'm just a second pair of eyes really i see it for what it is i don't judge it with any emotion or i I, whereas the player and obviously (laughs) i've been there i i never strangely i never really worked with a caddy i didn't necessarily get to a level where i i was forced to be in that position where it was mandatory but i wish i'd had someone that could have been my uh, you know other set of eyes because I'm a sensitive guy I'm emotional so I probably wasn't the it was my strategy was good and I did all that stuff for myself the other bits I was probably terrible at I just needed someone to sort of be on my side and that's kind of another another thing is just a second pair of eyes someone to be on your side and sort of say look look we we've got this like I know that this might be you Mm. might have just gone bogey bogey but we've just be cool we've got this yeah but this hole is still three iron off the tee yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly but it's so useful though I think um it's funny you've bagged for me a a few times Mark I've been very fortunate to um you know like delve into some of the the raves archives of uh, of excellence in regards to how you manage a round of golf which is actually a complete thing in itself and I I still try and utilise those things now and then you find out when you go out and play with friends and things like that they end up saying oh what do you do here and you're like oh I, I sit there and go oh, what, what would Mark say you know sort of thing like like a little Mark ghost yeah just, <laughs> next year. just a little silhouette you know <laughs> get out of pocket uh-huh. but yeah so you know and it's it does you know it, I think it's the refinement of the performance within what you're trying to execute actually allows you to stop thinking about all of the woes that come with the emotions around oh no I don't want to lose this left and arm too over through 10 and I should have I should be level and you know things like things like that you just get down to hitting a shot you know like this is this is five would take that bunker out of play hit it up the right hand side if you can if it's in the left side of the fairway it's no problem you know and you'll still have a shot in so it's 
in, in response to what Zane's saying, I've, I think I've got more conservative, but I think I've got more aggressively conservative because I'm trying to find a smaller target within what's probably a slightly more conservative play. Like, like I always used to hit driver up one on the west, and if you rip it, you you get to the bottom of the downslope and you got a flick in on a part, which is a par five the for the members. Yeah. yeah, but now that it annoys me that. Yeah, well, it's a par five. Yeah, it, it just like it becomes a par seventy three. And it just doesn't feel like you're playing like the tour course. And nine, nine's more of a par five than one anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah. You know, because if you go to the top top box, that's like you've, you've got four iron in your hand. Like with, with and, the, and if you miss it right, you're, you're F down the bottom. Yeah. Got hit tight spinner to get up because and down. Because it does make it, it is a mad hard start, isn't it? When the, when the one's a par four. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then and then you got three. like three you're like what is this place doing <laughs> yeah if you get three on the wrong day like if it's raining breeze into it's cold like i played oh. it into the other day i hit driver freewood to the front apron and the pin was on the on the back right so it was up to on top of the ridge up, up, up two levels so it's like like floated one up used the backs of a bit i had an eight foot of a par downhill but if, if i'd have hit it two foot past I'd, have, I'd at least got down to the first next level so it's like nah just take five see you later it's just it dribble just, it down it, it just can just hammer you early doors yeah. can't it mentally like even if you get a, the tee shot's really difficult because you've got if you try and nail one up the left you've got yeah. a bunker that catches you if you don't quite get it up the right bunkers catch you so you kind of got to put it in that little spot and then if you do put it in a perfect spot you've got a really really difficult shot just hit it onto the green as you take it's long yeah and it's tiered and it's kind of raised up yeah Yeah. exactly and i feel like if you do miss it either trap and you have to lay up short that pitch shot in with a what two maybe three tiered green elevation spin control is a massive issue there because the greens are so fast Mm. that getting it to the back is hard but keeping it on the front is impossible it's it's just a great great here's here's the thing right i think if that if that was a par five you'd probably play it a bit better yeah, like, like across the average score. Yeah, you'd play it so much better, wouldn't you? And it would feel like a much more rewarding birdie. Yeah, like you know, we played it. So we played. Uh, it was Jack and I versus James Connolly, recent goat, who's a good player from Beaverbrook, six, five five six handicapper, and Henry Smart. Yeah, Jack's a goat as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And Henry Smart, who um, who's a ex Torpedo caddy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, both Henry and James eagled it. <laughs> like so, Jack and I were like we were one down, but like both made Wait, an eagle. Eagled what? Eagled one. Oh. Made three. Made three. Made birdie. Yeah. Threes, yeah. Yeah, so made, made birdie. See, the thing is, I, I, in a funny way, I do get it. If you're off like 12 and you hit it like 2.30, there yeah. probably is a par five, isn't it? Like, because just because the way the whole, the whole know, thing plays. 2.30 is actually the right shot. <laughs> but like, yeah, but then they got the yeah. 2.20 shot in yeah, 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 from yeah, the yeah. deck. I kind of, I do kind of get it where for a good player, like if I go and play with Josh, hmm. even with you, you guys really, like go and play with Josh. Like if he makes four, to me, that's not a birdie. But for like some of of the twelve who make four, I do kind of see it as a birdie. It's like it's the one time. Yeah, you're right, Mark. Yeah, okay, you have a little little sip of water there. It does. It is a fun. It's a bit of a funny hole because they can't even. You can't even put the tee forward because obviously you get your downside, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can't hit the green. So the, the only thing that it gets protection in the back end of the autumn and the early winter months now is that it's it's soft enough to like basically stay on the downslope, so you could rip it. You could rip it and then you'd be like, you know, you'd be like so down for yeah. your second shot, which would actually be a really tough shot. Yeah. But if you're a good player, you just hit a 240, 250 shot and you've got like, you've got to hit a 230 shot again to middle of the yeah, green. It's, it's quite a big shot. And I wonder if like, uh, they would never do it, would they? But if they've made the fairway all the way to the bottom. So then, then if they move the tee up forward, you could run down to the bottom and have a, a short iron up. But I guess that's not what they want to do because of the tour event. 
Hmm. Everyone would be pinging and driving down there and flicking a wedge on. The, the, the funniest thing that, to do it would be to look at the most recent BMW and say, what was the average score? What was the average score in the first hole? And I bet if it was four, it's like 4.07 or something, it would be hmm. to par, I reckon. I don't think it'd be in the threes, but I think it'd be very, very low fours. And yeah. that would almost be where you'd be like, yeah. But, um, so but yeah, no. talk, chatting about Wentworth then, we've, we've got um, for the... For the goats, uh, we, we're going to have a little Christmas get together at Wentworth. Yep, sixteenth um, of December. Sixteenth of December, and then um, we've got another one coming up in Dubai. Another goat event, end of end of January. But more importantly, this week we have our, our kind of first big UK launch party. Launch party yeah. at the Grove. We've got what fifty or sixty golfers. I mean, it wasn't a sixty, isn't it? Sixty six, now. Sixty people now. Yeah. Bunch yeah. of goats, bunch of a goats, few bears, um, bunch few of goats, guests. a few bears, yeah, some um, squirrels, a couple of, um, <laughs> couple, <laughs> couple of pigeons. Sounds like a zoo. Yeah, no, no. Jokes aside, yeah, um, a good run out of of our round one goats. Actually, I think we've got about eighteen confirmed, which is great. Um, all the founders are going to be there. Even B units coming out of the lab. Is so he really, yeah. Does exactly. he bring his golf clubs or not? No, 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 no. No, I think he's just going to be lab coat in the uh, in the main reception, probably just helping people set my MRS wallet up. But yeah, so yeah, all the founders are going to be there, which is great. There's going to be an arrival with a breakfast. I'm going to try, like I've been told I have to do a speech. I'm going to try and keep that as short as possible. Um, and as you, as anyone obviously knows James knows that he likes to use a lot of words. So <laughs> the shortest possible speech could go on for a while. I know, yeah. I recorded it the other day. It's four <laughs> minutes 55. I just like, I might just play it to be honest. It was quite good. So yeah. And then Zane and Josh are doing a clinic down the range. What are you going to say in your speech? Are you going to thank the green staff and the catering staff? <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, thank, thank the green staff for the brilliant food and um, and the catering staff for the great greens. Yeah, clinic, 18 holes with uh, some really cool prizes, barbecue. Um, we, we're going to have a bit of a a bit of a goatee auction. So there's a few things that people are going to... What's a goatee auction? Well, so people... We've got <laughs> some goats. Making up our own language here, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. you just got to donate your facial hair. Yeah, so um, no... Uh, yeah, we're going to, so basically we're going to just ask everybody if um, if they've got, you know, the old kind of concept around like someone else's, someone else's rubbish is someone else's, uh, you know, someone else's rubies. So um, anybody who can donate something, because we want to make our first proper contribution to Black Art Foundation. So Danny's given his tour bag that he used and signed at the 150th Open at St. Andrews, which was pretty cool. Nice. I think in, um, of uh, giving the first edition ever tbtc putter away i mean it is left-handed so very fine. <laughs> you're gonna bid on it yourself so i'll, so I'll just bid is on james it. going up against himself yeah. <laughs> i'll bid on it myself just to try and put some money in the tin but yeah really what we want to do is raise some money for black art foundation um raise raise some cash for our community wallet so um all of the people within the bears and tigers who have got events coming up and we're trying to get some tickets to some major events and some merch out to them to go and support people like danny dean led who made the cut this week uh, in yeah his, we didn't um, mention that Led shepherd you know and some um and some other players so yeah it'd be pretty cool i'm sure you've got some stuff in the archives there somewhere like um you know maybe we'll call dale whitnell see if we get his older adidas tour 360 england shoes you know <laughs> They've had a good run around. He wears classics. I, I've, last time I played with him, he was wearing a, a pretty mint pair of classics. I was actually went on eBay yesterday to see if there was any foot draw classics knocking about. Well, it was ones. like a brown, I used to have a brown pair of like a brown woven saddle. 
oh. going across that I got a 99 yes. like back of car news you're like you're a little bit of a bugger for this you get on eBay didn't you and look for some old gear I'm always like on eBay you know what it's actually a little bit spurred by um by Jack Norman who has just recently left uh, JL and we've got actually got what's in the bag coming for him and I think have a look out for his what's in the bag which is going to be on Instagram it's probably like the vibiest set of golf clubs I've ever come across. I've, I've had a preview of this. Yes. I think we yeah, should... Absolute I, joke. I, I, he had, just real quick, he, he's got these Autoflex shafts oh. in a three and five iron. Oh, you sent me this picture. And they're like multicoloured shafts with a black head. And he comes on the range. He's like, I'll look at these. And I was like, oh my God, like, these are a joke. And he's like, I picked it up, this five iron. And I gave it like, you know, like the little waggle, like the, like the real test of a golf club. And it was like a fishing rod. It was like one of those training clubs where the, the head's just all over the place and you barely move your hands and you know what is this thing and he's like have a hit just hit it hit it properly and I was like thinking I'm just going to miss this like, I thought I was literally expecting the club to ground out about a foot before the ball and to chunk it and but when you swing those auto effects things they kind of stiffen up during the downswing and the ball just goes off like an absolute rocket <laughs> just unbelievable yeah but look out for that um that what's in the bag it's pretty uh, it's pretty special but yeah I've, I've really enjoyed getting on eBay and looking at all the old clubs and that sort of stuff so I've I- actually started to build a second set that's what I was um, going to suggest we do, right? So I think I've already you, started it. I've but I, so, so I'm having that. You're not taking it off me. That's mine. So I've got um, I've got I've actually got an old Epic Max LS driver, which I try I took to Dubai with me. I've since realised I think because it was a retail head, it's definitely hot because it goes fucking miles. <laughs> um, and then and then the old three wood. But I'm trying to build the rest of it up. I've got a set of Titleist um, old seven one six blades, which actually have soft shafts in them. But I'm thinking about going down to replay golf because I've seen they've got a set of Legacy Blacks and swapping them out. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so I think we've got to build our sets from our past years and then the four of us, me, you, Josh and Zed, we, we get we get together and have a four ball the, like the spring. Are you so gonna get got, some John Letters then? No, so I'm some John Letters. So it'd be so the, the best the best golf I ever played, like when I was playing a bit of county golf and and trying to have some people work South England look at me, I was using ping eye free blades. So I've got to find them. I had a ping zing two lob wedge, which was like you could hit, you could hit it like it was one of those ones. It was so open uh, off a range mat, you could hit the roof above you before it even uh, before it even got out of the old before it got out of the shack. I needed I, I need a TP five ten tailor made driver, and I'd have to find a graphaloid blue, but in original blue somewhere. Yeah, but that that would be fun. That would be really fun. Yeah, definitely. I've got to clear out my parents' loft because I've got about five tour bags worth of gear up there, and I'm pretty sure that anything good in there. Yeah, I have. What have you got? I, I've got um, actually the first club that Seamus and Ian built me, the FT3 driver. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, with a graphloid blue in it. Mm. So got the shaft. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all still intact. Yeah, yes, yeah, um, that's filth. And I, I've got some Mizuno MP somethings. I can't remember. I think there might be thirty twos. Oh. Which um, that's cut, cav- I played, that's cut I cavity into the back for, of the blade, the 32. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So I played with them for quite a while. Any, again, yeah. they're quite roddy. They were rifle somethings. They're quite roddy shafts. Like, I think I might struggle now. <laughs> I might see a lot of right, the right side of the golf course a lot. But yeah, no, I could probably make up a half decent set there, which would be pretty cool. What would be your, like, what putter would you use, Ed? Which best putter you use on tour? I don't know, to be honest. They're all good. I don't really have like a one. I don't look at any putter. Every, everything seems to them. work in this guy's house. I, <laughs> I, I like all putters. I always I go through this stage of like I've got like a two ball, um, two ball. I don't know what, what you call it, where the, the shaft goes straight into the, into the almost straight into the head without the the, the hook neck. And I really like that 
and it's nice and it's modern and it feels lovely. And then I think, actually, I just want to use a blade, a, a blade style putter. So I'll go back to like a Cameron or I've got a San Diego, a Toulon San Diego. I use that for a, a little while. Do you use a white hot one? Yeah, white hot one is obviously the one like, yeah, but then there's certain faces. It's only, actually the very original white hot one had the best face. Mm. And then, then I go through times where I'm like, quite fancy just buying a broom handle putter and she's in one of those for a while. I keep, <laughs> I look on eBay for one of those. I think, ah, that looks rubbish. That one. There's none in good, in good condition, but... <laughs> I just like putters, like yeah. all putters. It's not really for any other kind of reason. I just go through like, I want to use something brand new, then then go old school. Like I got a, an old um, Santa Fe 2 Terillium the other day um, down at um, Tea and Green in Woodmanston. I just fancied like an old old school kind of blade putter because I thought, oh, I was watching Cam Smith and Cam Smith was just putting like pure. And I thought I want one of those putters for a little while. It was just a bit of a weird <laughs> obsession really, but it was different. But it depends on what mood you're in, mm. you know? Like at the moment, quite enjoying like using like the single strap bags. Then other time, I think, oh, I'm going to use an electric trolley and have a big tour bag. It just depends on the event. What, That's what a cool part of it, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look forward to this. This is going to be like, I mean, this is the kind of game that is like right up my street. So yeah, I know, I know, I know what it looks like. Okay. So we'll, we'll set that, we'll set that game up. Yeah. So we've got, we've got our Grove event, which we'll cover. We'll chat about that next week. Uh, that will be really cool. Looking forward to that and looking forward to inviting everybody, getting a bit of music on the tees and, kind of our first show of what our golf days will be like for this next year really like building the schedule out we've not got many confirmed yet but we're pretty close to getting some bits all sorted now uh, ready for for the bears and for the goats yeah then the week after we've got our US version of a launch party which is going to be at the Wynn Resort in the uh, Web3X Conference Centre so we've got a but it's an indoor setup with a, a simulator chance to win $10,000 there's games and all sorts of things in there's 3200 square foot great big uh, great big area where we've got a bar Ray's has done uh, some playlists for me as well which we're banging out of the speakers so that'll be three days there and then and then I come back and then straight away come to join you in Dubai and I think we've got a, a bit of a UAE like behind closed doors game out there as well so. yeah we'll be out there playing the Lions Den down at the Elks Club um, which I played in one last week uh, well I played one of the midweek games might have won that yeah, but yeah, um, Khalid is doing like a, a, a pro lines den as well through the winter. So any pros who want to get some competitive practice, get in touch, and um, I'll send you the right uh, way. Uh, I know another time, goat. Times uh, another goat there. Yeah, and times pressing on. Um, I know Mark got to get away. It's quick head's gone. My head's gone. Actually, is Richard Mansell this week because because uh, <laughs> and it, not for the not for the fact that he didn't win, but. Bearing in mind he was in the final group at the Daniels, they pretty much cover every single shot. You guys know this is a thing of mine. He club twirls aggressively every single shot he hits. Like, and it's like a, it's like a tiger kind of like spin out. And even Radar was like, "Oh, wow, the boy, the boy club twirls." You know, it's like he even even picked up. And I was like, he's, but he's like spinning out every single shot. Like you're free over. You've gone from first to tied sixth. Like, why are you just? Like ripping club twirls. I don't I don't get why people do that. We're it's starting gone. to see a chink in the armour <laughs> for the Mansell there. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Relations we breaking were, down. Yeah. You and I were talking, was it Rory was doing exactly, it on the range? Yeah, he did it at East, uh, the Tour Champs on, I think it was 16 or 17, where he's, he's sort of not, thin, he's thinned it out the bunker long. It ends up oh, getting up and the down. In the last round. In the last round, but the, the minute green. he struck it, it's just, 
um, the club to and I just thought cool this must be good like is he playing this from like 150 yards and he's green side and hit it 60 long well I thought that was that was hilarious it's one of my highlights of the year actually he did one on the range as well didn't he we picked up one on the driving range like driving range club twirls should you, be yeah I that think is, you mentioned this that is full like, I think you should do a five stretch for that no ban like, like that is criminal in the game of golf golf players should be all over you for that sort of stuff so yeah the club 12 is like a you know you can't a sacred tiger thing for it, the back nine at a major when he's about to win and it's he hits a the best sacred, three iron it, from 240 to it is a, it is a sacred thing I, just I, be club 12 you know, people do it on the, the chipping green people do it on the chipping oh, green when that they're just fucking chips. does me in they do like <laughs> the whole like pull the club back and in you've like, got to recall it and then get it out like the ball's already like gone eight foot past you actually know what the end product is and you've still got the audacity just to rip that, one out that and you know when someone hits a chip and then they start doing the little yeah the little click it's like stop doing that yeah. Just, just, just be quiet and watch it. Like, yeah. It will slow down on its own. I don't mind a soft a little, little, little uh, yeah, hand exactly. gesture where he's like. You know what though? I'm actually going to let uh, Jordan Spieth off because he, uh, he is oh, my favourite to watch. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's great value. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've missed him the last few weeks. Mark, any heads guns? Uh, not golf related. Again, it's DIY related. I, t- I spent literally. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I hate DIY. My head's gone on DIY. Full stop. I must have spent two hours trying to get a mach- uh, washing machine tap away from the uh, sort of disconnected from the the copper pipe it just wouldn't happen and then I I literally had a meltdown I sat there for probably five (laughs) minutes about an hour and a half in I'd screamed the house down already and I just had it head in hand I'd love to see that what am I doing (laughs) and then you know I ended up having to go to the shop two or three times to get different tools and then ended up having to cut the pipe and put it anyway. It was a two minute job if you could get the thing, the tap off, but it'd been on there for 20 years and it, so my head was absolutely gone. DIY, house DIY, I'm finished. I'm I, had, I actually had a personal head's gone as well with Porsche. So my car was due its first service and um, on the Taycans, the electric one, they've, they've recalled about four parts. So the closest Porsche garage to us here is Guildford and then it was booked in whilst we were supposed to be in Dubai. It's just going to, fly back from America, drive up there, drop it off. And they were like, oh, sorry, we gave your service to somebody else. I was like, okay, I'm not sure why, but thanks very much. So what's the situation then? Yeah, we've booked you in for November the 27th. I was like, sorry, what? My car's due for a service now. It's the middle of September. How can it be 10 weeks? And then I get a phone call randomly from someone from the customer services. And to be fair, JLT's uh, shout out to Lisa who like took control of this. Cause I was like full hair pulling at the mo- at this time. I know it's like a first world problem, but, and it was like, and it was a proper computer. I want system. this over my post on today. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've wanted it just in a couple of weeks, like just like a normal person. Anyway, it was a proper computer says no person. No, sorry. Can't do that. No, I'm sorry. We can't do that. No, we won't be able to do that. Anyway, I ended up having to go to Reading and do like a full 120 mile round trip to get the car serviced. And they kept me waiting there for an eternity as well. And it was like, yeah, yeah, no, we've got to do a load of testing and it will all be fine because we've got on on site chargers, but they hadn't plugged it in. So like, I didn't even have enough like juice there to like stop off at a service station in Russia on the way home. It didn't even plug it in. Just to get it home. So Porsche. Yeah. It's gone. What about you, Zane? Um, He must have one. That's enough. (laughs) It's gone for me. That is, I can't read. I can't match that. How dare they make make you wait for that? (laughs) Oh, that is very. No, really the good. thing they've recalled four parts. <laughs> still going. It's still going. Uh, is, is it fixed now? Yeah. Is it all good? It's all right. Happy days. Happy days. All right. Yeah, that's that's enough. Heads gone. That's negativity to yeah. round, <laughs> round out the pod. Please, um, please like, subscribe, 
Follow all our, all our channels at beartiger.io for any... Well, we've got two going, right? So if you want to buy some merch and stuff, yeah. where are we, James? So there's the pre-sale membership passes are now live, but unfortunately the seven-day discount code has now expired. So, uh, you can, But you can go on merch.beartiger.io, which is very, very nicely run by our very own Mr. Raven. That would be where you can buy all the merch, bear membership passes, lifestyle and tour branded stuff. There's loads of cool stuff on there, Mark. More to come, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Mark's been designing some jazzy HTML emails as well. So, uh, so, so the customer service experience is just getting better day after day after day. So that's where we're at on merch and, uh, and items. Yeah. And then bear target. I mate, getting better at this. Like it just nailed it. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm nearly there now. I might turn pro. Okay. That's lovely. Um, thank you, chaps. No, thank Enjoy you. the rest of your day and everyone have a good week and we'll chat to you next week. And we'll tell you about how, how it all went on the Grove and hope there'll be some stories from the uh, on course transfusions. Cheers. <laughs> the poor claw. Bye. Bye.